Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Super excited today. I have a guest with me, David Richmond, who has wrote a book called Cycle of Lives. As you know, the Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, I get the pleasure of talking with David Richmond, who, as I mentioned, not only wrote Cycle of Lives, but he's somebody that's been on the journey, just like many of you, because I know we have a lot of fitness enthusiasts listening. So he's gone from overweight to, well, I'm, I'm sure he's going to share with you about some of these awesome fitness events that he's done, but running for 24 hours straight, uh, just cycling through Mexico, all kinds of amazing things that he's done. I can't wait for him to share the reason behind what he's doing and the book that he's written. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. I'm excited to be here talking to you. Well, thank you for being on here. Uh, David, if we could, you know, I mean, let's let's talk about why you wrote Cycle of Lives and, and why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, the the inspiration behind it all. Uh, sure. I mean, it's a little bit to unpack, but I'll try to be succinct about it. Um, uh, I wrote Cycle of Lives as a, a mission, I was on a mission to try to help people um, navigate uh, the emotional journey with cancer. Um, and not just uh, people that, that get cancer, have cancer, but caregivers, loved ones, survivors, um, doctors, like how do doctors deal with the emotional journey of cancer, um, medical professionals, how do they deal with that? So um, when my sister was... Um, diagnosed with terminal brain cancer about in 2004 or five, maybe about 2004. Um, I kind of noticed when she was going through this journey that, um, and, and eventually about three, four years later, she passed away. But I noticed that people were not often well-equipped to have the hard conversations about the emotional side of it. Mm -hmm. And what I saw on a very, very recurrent basis was that people could deal with like, how do I get to the doctor? How do I um, um, arrange for child care during chemo? How do I navigate inf insurance at work? Um, how can I put together a plan to eat better, uh, get more sleep, reduce stress, whatever? But they weren't really well equipped to deal with the emotional side of it. And so that was the genesis of the idea for the book. And, um, you know, there's obviously a lot more behind it than that. Yeah, I love the book's title, you know, given the fact that you're a cyclist and mm -hmm. given the fact that we all have a, a bit of a cycle of life, you know, as mm -hmm. well, or sometimes called the circle of life. But, uh, uh, you know, you had to go out in order to uh, do the research and, and find what you wanted to find. Uh, you had to find 15 special stories, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I think that not only do we get inspired, of course, by those that are closest to us and what a what a tribute to your sister, what a way to honor her. But I, I guess I'm curious about as you investigated other stories, you know, what the what the consistency was that you found along the way. Uh, sure. In some of those stories. Sure, Travis. Well, the to take that kind of, um, you know, analogy a little bit further of the cycle, right? Take a wheel. 
mm-hmm. a, a cycle wheel, right? And divide it up into little pieces, right? Um, and little sectors of that wheel. What I wanted to do, Travis, was to find people that I felt could give us a 360 view of that emotional journey. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go point A was when they encountered cancer. Okay. So either as a, as a kid watching a parent go through cancer, or maybe as a kid going on a field trip, uh, middle school to a hospital and deciding, Oh my God, I want to be a doctor or, you know, as an adult, when, you know, a family member might get cancer or a coworker or a friend. So I wanted like um, all different ages, all different types of cancer, all different emotional responses to cancer. Cause they're not, everybody has, you know, the same response. In fact, um, the range is from, from A to Z of emotional responses to the cancer. And I wanted to get stories that were interesting enough, but point A was when they encountered cancer mm-hmm. point B is today. How did they, or how did they not navigate the emotional journey of that in relation to all the traumas before a, so, you know, uh, people that grew up in the backdrop of maybe suicide of a parent or abandonment, or maybe in abusive relationships, or they had drug addiction, or they had some other major traumas that I could relate to that I believe the reader could relate to so that I can understand how these traumas, how these real life people who I could identify with, um, are we dealing or not dealing with the emotional side of trauma of cancer, which oftentimes we don't know what the heck they're going through or whatever. But if I could connect with them on a certain level, then it might make me be able to, um, to go a, a bit further. And so that was the first part of your question. The second part is kind of what, you know, what, what did they all have in common? And, and I say, this not trite tritely but they all had in common their stories were unbelievably fascinating they were very inspiring so they were very hopeful and inspiring stories um a lot of them dealt with transformation um uh, to from one place to a much better place so so um, that was there uh they all kind of had a sense of abandonment either they were they isolated or they felt abandoned by their loved ones on the emotional level, right? Because it's like, ah, people just don't know what to say when, when you're going through something super difficult, um, you know, and, and, and so those are some of the similarities there were, there were more, but those are some of the more stark ones. Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, it's very fresh. Uh, my wife is only uh, just over two weeks out of surgery, but when we first got the info, uh, which was a voicemail from the doctor. She had gone for a biopsy and the voicemail said uh, that, you know, you have cancer and you're going to need surgery. And uh, yeah. Right. I mean, as a voicemail, uh, uh, voicemail. Thanks, yeah, right, right. right. And, and I still get teared up. I'm getting teared up right now. Just talking to you about it, even though she's on the better side of things, because it was so emotional. It was a uh, like, she's crying and I don't know why she's crying. And so I ask her and then she tells me about the voicemail and, and, you know, then, then we, you know, call the doctor back and he's busy. And I say, well, you know, let's get in the car and we're going to go down there. And we're going to talk to the doctor, you know, like we're going to find out some more about this. And I have this fix it attitude. But in the back of my mind, the whole time I was wondering, you know, well, what if I can't fix it? You know, like I have this yeah. way about me there, you know, I'm going to take charge and I'm going to fix it. But, you know, 
it's so tough. And then of course she's going to go through the anticipation of the surgery and, and then, you know, what will they tell us after the surgery? Cause they have to do the surgery first to see if it was contained or if it spread other places. And, and uh, you know, there's all this intense uh, time of being in suspense and you don't know how to uh, necessarily help somebody through that because, you know, it's kind of feeling intense on your side because you love them and you don't know what to say and you don't know if they want to talk about it or if they're trying not to think about it. And it, it, you know, uh, it, it was challenging. Uh, it was challenging. I, I'm, I'm thankful that my wife had the type of cancer that's very treatable. Um, you know, I, as I shared with you off the air, uh, you know, my nephew had the type of cancer that was not very treatable and we've lost a nephew. So I thank you for what you're doing to, to help us understand the emotions of our, of our loved ones, or, or even the emotions that we might feel if, you know, God forbid faced with that. Um, you know, I did have another question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, when, when you're dealing with um, the book itself, I know that some stories have happy endings and, and some don't. Uh, is there a mix of those in your book? You know, just different, uh, different times, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I'd say that each one of the stories, even though sometimes they're wrapped around pretty heavy and maybe even uh, tragic uh, things, um, do have um, an inspirational forward thinking um, <clears throat> a transformative quality to them. And, and here's why it's because, um, uh, that I can't take anything good from on the surface of what your, um, nephew must've gone through or what his love loved ones have gone through, right. That you can't even begin to wrap your mind around the tragedy that must be around that kind of thing. The reality of this in one facet is that the people that he left behind are actually, they have to move forward, right? They have to figure out a way to move forward. I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. Um, uh, it, it just, it's just mind boggling. You can't wrap your brain around it, but there is the reality that they have to move forward. I mean, they have to live, they have to, they have to wake up each day. And I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Travis. I think that if, um, if we can just learn maybe a bit more about what even the tiniest little piece of moving forward might look like, mm -hmm. or what the tiny little piece of just connecting with those loved ones left behind might look like, if we can just engage in one more meaningful conversation with those people, if we could just connect with them on a certain level, and as you just said a minute ago, you were like, I don't know if she wants to talk about it. I don't know if she doesn't want to talk about it. I don't know what the hell to say. Mm -hmm. She's crying. Do I make her feel better? Do I not make her? Feel I mean, there's a million things in different directions you can go. And oftentimes what happens, Travis, is that people kind of avoid. Mm -hmm. They tiptoe. They walk on rice paper because they don't want to. I don't want to create waves. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to be an idiot. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we can learn from people's experiences that maybe the best thing to do <clears throat> is to just fight and figure out a way to get a little bit closer, even if we say the wrong thing, even if we look like an idiot, even if we, in retrospect, go, man, I should have waited or I should have I'm telling you, it's just helpful to people. It's helpful to those that have to continue to go on, right? Um, whether, whether that means your wife in 10 years reflecting on this or 
the loved ones of your nephew, um, there's there's a way for us to connect with them on a deeper level. And and it's so easy to not do that. Yeah. It's so easy to just ah, close it out and go, oh, my God, I don't know what the heck to say. And I definitely don't want to say the wrong thing. So it's better not to say anything at all. Yeah, that's so much easier to do. And, and I, and I, and I just, in the end, Travis, don't believe that that's what we really want as human beings. And so um, I think what the book does with these stories, although some of them are tragic, um, they, they all have a hopeful, um, um, forward thinking, inspirational spin to them. And, and they're not all heavy. Uh, many of them are, are much lighter than, than, you know, dealing with such heavy things as death and how to move on from it. And when you say inspirational, um, uh, the inspiration uh, that, I mean, I guess that's the next question is, you know, what do you hope that the readers take away from it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it the, is it the inspiration of being able to look at various situations and say, you know, uh, as the title of the overcomers podcast, you know, figure mm-hmm. out how to uh, uh, use some tools or, or resources or examples of, you know, how people dealt with a situation and maybe a, a bit of an overcoming manner, you know, overcoming, uh, you know, I mean, what, what do you hope that they, what do you hope they get from it? What's the inspiration? Um, so he, I'm going to give you a, 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 a little bit of a different answer to that. So you, you go to your, your website, right? And and I love your graphic. And uh, you know, I don't, I forget what it's called. We power words and whatever, and the use yeah. and whatever. And I saw in there accountability, mm-hmm. and I went, you know, what is accountability? And 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 certainly accountability to oneself is way different than being accountable to other people, right? Mm-hmm. That's what motivates you is to being accountable to yourself. And I think that um, that accountability to yourself means being honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, I'm not motivated at all, Travis, by having somebody give me some kind of saying that I can hold on to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, just, just take one more step or just do one more rep or figure out how to, how to uh, see the sunshine every day or something like that. It doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But when I hear a story, and I understand the emotion behind that story. And it's an insight into how somebody went from point A to point B. Then I, I'm, I'm inspired and I'm, and I'm moved to apply that to my outlook on life or my vision. And so I'll give you a super quick example. Okay. Mm-hmm. I use this example a lot, but I think it's super poignant. Um, if, if you were to tell me, Hey, uh, uh, Hey, David, I know you're going through something difficult. You know, the, the best thing you could do is just put your feet on the ground each day and, and try that, try to start that. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, Travis, I'm kind of a jerk for telling me that I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. But when I, uh, one of my stories is Patricia and mm-hmm. Patricia had a dealt with five different types of very serious cancer over a 35 year period, Travis, imagine that Mm. all different kinds of cancer, right? Uh, She had everything cut out that could be cut out as much chemo as you could ever imagine. um, uh, And, and can't take anymore as much radiation as you can imagine, you know, thousands of hours of treatment over a 35 year period with her husband at her side, right? She met her husband though, and didn't, encounter her first cancer until after she was able to escape a very bu- brutal, um, abusive relationship. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. She was stuck in that relationship until she could figure out a way to escape, form a new identity, start her life new. She met somebody. They, they're still together decades later. But during that those decades, she fought cancer all these times. And just it's an amazing story of resiliency, amazing story of, of ownership of your health and just so many other things. And I asked her one day, I said, Patricia, what's your key? Like, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. Because you know what, David? Every single day. I just got up out of the bed and I put my feet on the ground and I made my bed. And Mm. sometimes I had to fall right back into my bed because I didn't have the strength to do anything more. Mm. She goes, and sometimes I was able to take a few steps. And sometimes I was even able to go about my day, sometimes for months at a time. She goes, but my goal every single day of my life is to put my feet on the ground and make my bed. Mm -hmm. Oh, holy crap. Like that I can apply. Yes. Yes. Even though it's a, it's a a tragic moving story, right. Of this woman and all the things that she's dealt with and all of the pain and difficulty that she's had and how she survived and thrived and just lived this amazing life in the backdrop of all of that. And I hear her say to me that her goal each day is to put her feet on the ground and make her bed. Mm -hmm. That to me is like, wow, I can identify with that. That's inspirational. It's very moving to me. Yeah. Yeah. each one of these stories kind of has that like spin to it, you know, like you get inside somebody's head to understand like really what moves them and drives them to deal with the emotional side of things. And I think that's what the reader can take. I know it's a long answer, Travis, but hopefully that explains like what I was trying to do with the book and, and how it can be applied to the reader. And now when I, when I take, when I take that, that kind of story, like I just, uh, I told your listeners about, about Patricia and I, and I talk to somebody and I, and I try to say, Hey, I know it's difficult, but gosh, you know what? Let me tell you a story about this woman. Then maybe that could be applied, you know, and, and maybe it can make a difference or a deeper connection. You know, does that make no, sense? I can, def- I can definitely understand how that would be a, uh... Uh, much more powerful and, and much more appropriate uh, for somebody that's, you know, needing something than just, you know, just like that kind of, you know, quote or whatever, as we would say. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, though, uh, something that I did in the intro that we haven't talked a lot about is just how how the being the uh, the stories of the endurance athlete, uh, you know, riding across the country and, you know, just yeah. how it all ties in, you know, like how, how it all, uh, oh together, you know, all right. Well, so that's again, that analogy, right. This, the cycle, the cycle mm-hmm. of lives. And I right. thought if we're all, if we're all connected by story, and I think as human beings, that's what we're connected by is the stories we tell. And if we're all connected by emotion, that's the, two things I think all humans have in common. We, we love stories and we, we all have the same basic emotions. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to connect these stories, I figured what better way to connect the cycle of life stories than to cycle mm-hmm. to each one of the people who I had been talking to on the phone for a couple of years. So I, I had found all these people and made way more than 15, but 15 made the book. Um, and I'd been talking to them for a couple of years, really uncovering the deepest, darkest, you know, most hidden away parts of their lives so that I could tell their stories. And then I thought, well, let's, let me be the thread that binds those stories together. So I biked across the country uh, in a zigzaggy kind of way, California through Texas, down the panhandle, down to Tampa, across to Orlando, and then up to New York city. And I did it in just 45 days. So I was booking, but um, that that's why I just thought, Hey, it adds another dimension and is also, um, 
a, a deeper level of the cycle of lives, right? Mm-hmm. It's the cycle to, to go see all these people. So um, that's coming from, and anybody who's listening to this will, will, will understand that that's coming from a guy who 15 years previous um, was a, was a very overweight smoker, sedentary, never done anything in his life um, athletically, you know, as an adult. And um, yeah, so I had, uh, I had gone from kind of couch to having done, you know, 15 Ironmans and I've done 18 Ironmans and 5,000 mile bike rides and you name it all from a position of never having done any of that. So I, I just wanted to add that extra facet to it. Well, that's awesome. And I mean, what commitment, I mean, to cycle thousands of miles to all the people that you interviewed and around the country and, and, you know, life is an endurance test in itself. And, uh, you know, to, to just be on that kind of an endurance ride, uh, that that's pretty amazing. Um, also, uh, kudos to you for getting off the couch and instead of couch to 5k, you went couch to just absolutely amazing with all the Ironmans and everything else. That's just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal and inspiring, you know, um, what role, and you made a commitment to your sister before she passed and, um, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to know how big of a part that's been in some of these events that you've chosen to do, or, you know, just if you could share with our, our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. And and thanks. It's a, it's a great question. It's a, it's a good story in that you never know what is going to uh, motivate you to accomplish your goals or when you see just step back and pay attention for a minute. Sometimes those are the most moving things. And, you know, people don't think that their lives are interesting or anything about them is spectacular. People are just living their lives. Right. And so, but if you step back as an observer and watch that, sometimes it really can be quite, quite touching and motivating and inspiring to kind of see what drives people on an emotional level. And then, um, and so oftentimes that might touch you in a way that sticks with you. So um, I had when my sister at the point when she told me she had cancer and she, she had a wonderful family, beautiful kids and wonderful marriage and just a great life. And um, I was kind of at a low, mm-hmm. but I was now uh, starting to go on a journey. I, I love your journey. journey I started to go on a journey of, of, of self-discovery and health and fitness and wellness and endurance. She was going on a journey towards uh, what would you know, be a certain death, but um, we were both taking that, that journey and near the end of her life. Um, she was really excited to be able to go watch this 24 hour relay for life that was being uh, done. And there was a team of people that had amassed to give her, you know, support and honor her and all of this stuff. And she, all she wanted to do was to be out there on the track to watch these people that were there to support her. And I thought, man, that is a really powerful driver for you. And I promised her that if, if she went out there for the whole 24 hours that I would run the whole 24 hours out on the track, or at least be on the track the whole 24 hours. Um, and it was kind of sad because she died like two days before that event. So she obviously wasn't there to witness everybody, but, but I went and I, and I did it and I noticed all the people and all the love and all the difficulty and, and just that's where the seeds of the, the, the book came from. And I, and I just thought to myself, you know, how wonderful of a thought it is that all she wanted to do was just watch people give her love and support. 
And I mean, that was the thing that was driving her. And I just, I, I just find that so touching that it wasn't about anything other than her feeling the love that other people had for her. And that's a thing that just lifted her and lifted her spirit. And, and, and I, I, I don't know, I just find that super touching that uh, somebody's going through something that difficult can be so moved just to see that people care and that people are doing something um, to, to benefit them and showing their, their love and their emotional support. And so um, that's why, that's why I carry that around when I do these endurance, endurance events um, it's like, yeah, it's okay that it can be inspirational and emotional and whatever, because they are, these things are, they, they are emotional. And so that, that's the back, backstory behind all that. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And, and as a company at journey 333, we, uh, we always go to these events with our members and, and participate in different things. And we participate in relay for lives, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I've never, um, I've never heard it told to me so well. Uh, in such a way that, you know, now motivates me to say, well, when's the next one? You know, we go to Coleman runs and different things like that. You know, when's the next thing that our journey members can be part of and that we can all go to together, uh, realizing from your perspective, you know, how much it means to some of those that are impacted by these types of cancers. Yeah, for sure, Travis. And you know how when you go to the these Relay for Life's, um, <clears throat> there's music and there's balloons and there's mm-hmm. there's posters and people are doing whatever and they're raising money and they're doing fun games, you know, unfreeze the bra and, mm-hmm. and put it on and race. And I mean, all these fun stuff to raise awareness and whatever, and then include everybody. And even though it's a heavy, heavy day and heavy subjects, there's a lot of levity and positive and optimism and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've been there at night, you know, when they light the candles in the bags and it's a kind of a remembrance lap, remembrance Mm -hmm. time, you know, it's dark. Everybody's quiet. There's not anything going on in the background. People are just kind of walking around this track in a very dark, quiet manner to kind of contemplate and remember things. Isn't that just a an, an analogy for when it comes to the emotional side of it? We oftentimes are walking slow in a dark space, very quietly. I, you know, God, wouldn't it be great if during the emotional stuff, that's when we were talking to each other. That's when we were exchanging right. energy and all of that, right? Instead of kind of isolating and kind of bounding ourselves in this like inner space how about if at that toughest time when it's like the most emotional time we felt comfortable to talk to each other and hold each other's hands and look at each other and go oh my god what the heck is going on through your mind right now right it's 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 really interesting i I, Um, i'd love to hear your perspective on that down the road if you ever if you ever go do that again yeah, well, definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, we, we do need to connect more. Uh, when I think about like different words that mean the most to me, uh, one is connect. I, I try to, I try to realize the present moment as often as I can and, and just take time to connect with people. I heard a good quote the other day and it said, you know, speaking of your walk for life and a moment of remembrance of those that have already, you know, maybe completed their journey here on earth. Said, what if we're all just walking each other home? You know, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it just made me think, you know, you know, we're spiritual beings going through a human experience and, and we should talk about it more along the way. And and I'm glad that your book really uh, stimulates people to do that. So 
in this project, you know, you've learned a lot, you know, and that's a, that's a good thing. What you're sharing right here is, you know, to maybe engage more different things. You know, what are two or three things that you've gotten out of like the entirety of this project, you know, cycling and interviewing so many and 15 people making it into the book and the commonalities. There's just so much. To, I'm sure you probably have a couple of really big takeaways in this uh, that our you know, listeners could better. Oh, I do. And it's, it's, it's really been quite inspiring to me. And I love talking about it because I think it's, it's a message that many of us could hear and I could hear it. Like I've interacted with a lot of people on a very deep level, even prior to this book, right? I've managed intimately hundreds and hundreds of people. I've, 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 um, I've managed through a suicide of a, of a, of a, of a worker and how that affected, you know, everybody. And I've, I've, I've dealt with just all kinds of heavy stuff. Like we all have, right. Mm -hmm. What's fascinating to me is through all of that, I can say that I am a little quick to judge what I think somebody might be going through or what they might have gone through or what they need or might need. And I'm, I realized I, I have no freaking clue. I just don't know. But if I can ask a couple of questions and I'm like connect, connect with them on a deeper, more intimate, personal level, then then it's really easy to figure figure that out. But I, so I so I think one thing I learned is not to assume what people are going through and what um, what they have gone through um, and how that might affect them emotionally. So in other words, if uh, if somebody just lost a loved one, I'm not going to assume that they um, don't want to talk about it. Maybe they do. I'm certainly not going to assume that they do want to talk about it because maybe they don't. And I think in the past, I might have easily come to those conclusions so that I could escape having a tough conversation with them. And now I, I have the tough conversation so I can find out what they want, if it's important for us to have a deeper connection. And th that we'll usually find that common ground and connect at that deeper level, right? So that's something that I learned that's very, very helpful. Um, do you just do you just ask? I mean, do you just ask people like if they want to talk about it or I mean, you know, sometimes things are simple but profound, right? I mean, like how do you, you know, you said in the past you might have judged, you know, now yeah. you maybe investigate, you know, instead of assuming. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, let, let me give let me tell you a super quick story. So I was talking sure. to somebody and he said to me, dude, I, I feel like such a jerk. He goes, because I had a really good friend who was dealing with a, a terminal diagnosis of cancer and, uh, you know, not right at the end, but near the end, I mean, he came over to my house three or four times. He wanted to talk and, you know, I, and, and I tried to talk to him, but then we just ended up sitting down at the television and watching football. And, you know, he, every time I, I tried to engage him, he just didn't want to, didn't want to go there. And, and now he's passed. And I feel like, geez, man. Like, like I should have connected with him at a deeper level about some of these heavy things that he was going through. Mm -hmm. And I said to this guy, I go, uh, I got a different perspective. How about the only place where he could go and not talk about it was with you. Maybe he was so overburdened that everybody else was just, just beating him up emotionally, or he was beating himself up emotionally because he was dealing with all his heavy stuff and heavy conversations. And you were the one place where he could go and just watch football, right? Yeah. And not talk. And I said, and he goes, Oh my God, wow, that's going to give me a lot of peace. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, what I've done 
mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years, and I, I didn't do that before, is I'm comfortable saying something like, okay, Travis, instead of going to a natural place of, uh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Because mm-hmm. that's a re- real easy out for both of us. For sure. You know, I'll say to you, I'll go, hey, you know what, Travis, I really want to take the time to talk to you right now, but I just don't know if I should force you to talk to me or if I should leave you alone because I'm not sure what you need. Can you talk to me about what you need? Because if you need to talk, I'm definitely here. And if you need to not talk right now, maybe at some point in the future, tell me and I will not bug you. But right. But I just let you know, I want to like I want to connect with you, but I, I you know, tell me what to do. Wow. That's yeah. a different way. Yeah. Harder conversation to have, more honest. And it gives you both like a, a, a sense of like, it's safe. It's safe to tell me what you want and what you need. Right. 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 No, that's you know? really good. That's really good. I like that. I like that. Anything else that you'd share with people? Because this is good. This is stuff. Yeah. I hope everybody's tuning in and, and picking up these gems because this is how we handle these situations. And this is how we make a difference in the lives of those that we want to make a difference in. Uh, anything else? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, this is maybe a little, a little out there a a bit, but but I also have come to maybe be a little bit easier on judging what people can and can't handle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because um, I, I feel like maybe it's disempowering if somebody is being okay with something that you're not understanding how they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Or they're handling something pretty well that you don't think you could handle. I think we need to let go and and let let it be okay. There's a great story about Bobby. Bobby um, was not lovable and could and couldn't love. Right, he just wasn't in a space in his head where he was ever the kind of guy that could do that. All of a sudden, he meets somebody who, the way he puts it, is beautiful. He says uh, she saw made me see life through a new pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. Just just everything came into into view. They had this crazy, beautiful love affair Um, shortly after they met, um, though, uh, she got cancer Mm -hmm. and uh, they got to know each other as as she was sitting in the chemo chair. Right. I mean, really, that that's how new it was after they met. But just this beautiful love. And um, he asked her to marry him. Um, She got cancer again. They got married. Um, unfortunately, the caster, uh, cancer metastasized and, and she died very shortly after they, they were married. And it's very, very tragic, very terrible. But during her end of life a journey, Travis, they were able to connect and talk about everything you could ever imagine, right? Just unbelievable, like A to Z, everything. You know, she's, you know, she convinced him he has to move on. She has to take therapy, you know, he, that it, that's okay to lean into his best self. It's okay to have happy days ahead of him. They were really good about talking about everything, right? So when she died, um, he had processed a lot of the loss and a lot of the difficulty and he prepared himself that he's going to have to figure out a way to go on, right? Mm-hmm. But he kept running into people that wanted to have so much sympathy for him and wanted to make make sure they understood how hard it was on him right now. But it wasn't that hard on him right now. He had grieved before. He had grieved in a very positive way. He had, a bit, Brandy had forced him to kind of move on from the negativity. But people were keep holding him down mm-hmm. and saying, no, 
you, you, you should feel terrible. You, you must be having a tough time. And he just wanted to break free of that. And, and the end of his story is just lovely. He's, he, he met somebody. Um, they're still married. They do a, an event every year in Brandy's honor. And, and, and he's very close to, you know, his past and his present. But he says to me, he goes, look, I don't want my life to turn out this way. Um, um, but I'm the happiest I could ever be. And I wouldn't change it for one second. Right. I'm the happiest I could ever be. I'd never change it course i didn't want what happened to happen but he had to literally go to a different place uh, physically i'd fly go on a plane and go somewhere where people didn't know him so that he could show he could be his real self he had moved past things and and so so my 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 the lesson behind that long story is one of the other things i learned is don't assume that something is really difficult on somebody if it's not, and don't assume that it's super easy on them because you think it would be easy for you. Maybe it's unbelievably difficult. Yeah. So I think just getting, again, forming that little deeper connection and just getting a little bit deeper and not coming prejudging whether or not somebody's journey is easy or difficult by assumption, mm -hmm. right? Because it's kind of disempowering to what they're going through. So that was one of the other kind of major lessons I learned. Those are good. Those are really good. I, I, and I, when I say those, I'm thinking about the fact that the first one is to, to really investigate, you know, if somebody needs to talk and, and be okay to just be present without, you know, feeling like they need to talk, like as in your friend with the football, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then this one, you know, not judging because uh, it's also relevant, right? Some people have this amazing ability to be at peace, even though the world is falling down around them. And some people, uh, can't find any peace regardless of what's happening, you know? So absolutely, uh, that that's really good. That's really good. You know, it must've been a very positive thing for these uh, different people that you've interviewed to, you know, have a interaction with you, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's inspiring to me to think about how I can have a, a positive impact on people that are going through such a thing. And, and I think that that's what I want to, of course, take away from your book and today's interview. Uh, how do you think, that learning what you've learned and learning to interact in the ways you've interacted. And, and, and I'm sure you're still in touch with uh, different people from the book. So, you know, how do you think that you've affected them and what you've done? You know, uh, I, maybe um, this is a deep question. Um, Cause I don't know if I have credit for impacting them other than maybe having held up a mirror, I guess, for them to kind of take a deeper look at themselves and what they, what they went through. Mm -hmm. And and then while they were looking in that mirror, they were kind of telling me what was going on so I could write it down. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if, I, I mean, there were a couple of people I know I had a very positive impact on because the transformation that they went through was something we went through together. Mm -hmm. which was, which was wonderful. It was wonderful and, and super genuine and, and amazing um, for me. And I could tell you some really just moving, moving stories from that. But um, I think that they had more of an impact on me and I know they have an impact on the reader. I mean, I get notes all the time. It's unbelievable. Um, I'll get a note from a doctor saying, saying this is making me a better doctor. Or I get a, a note from a nurse saying, I had no idea this, what my patients were going through. I'm going to, I've been a nurse for 15 years. I'm going to work with a whole new attitude or 
Um, I got a I got a note from somebody who said, you know, I I can't believe what so and so what so and so went through. Um, I know somebody that was going through this, and I had no idea that mm. these things were going on in their head. And I'm just like, wow, that's kind of cool. So I think the if there was a positive impact, it was theirs on me, and their stories hopefully on the on the readers. So um, yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm not. Um, certain that it was more than just good timing and a good mission and a good purpose all kind of wrapped up at the, at the, you know, in the right way. Really good. Really good. Well, this is what every listener wants to know then uh, one, you know, how they, how they get a copy of cycle of lives. <laughs> I think, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, uh, tell us about that. Like, is there an official website that yep. they, you know, get previews or whatever, but uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you will. Sure, sure. Thanks, Travis. So um, 100% of the proceeds from the book are going to support the cancer-focused charities and other organizations that were chosen by the book participants. So that's 100% of the proceeds. So um, uh, those are listed in the book, actually. They're listed on my website, cycleoflives.org. You can go to the a website and order a signed copy, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your local bookstore or wherever books are sold. The book is sold everywhere. It did uh, finish last year as the number one bestseller in its category, which is pretty awesome. Um, the audio book is coming out uh, very, very shortly, which is really cool. And it's a really good read because... First of all, um, I, the, the number one comment I get from everybody is, oh, I thought the book was going to be way heavier than it was. It's very inspirational, and hopeful and forward thinking and transformative. And I like that. But the, I think what everybody has told me about the book is that it's really easy to read because each story is self-encapsulized. And so you can read one of the stories and then put the book down for a week or a month or whatever, and then pick it up and you don't have to remember where you left off. And, and each one of these stories, you know, can sit with you and marinate with you for a bit if you wanted to. I mean, some people have read it straight through, but um, you know, I think, I think it's an easy read. It's a, I think it's a helpful, it, it gives you some insight into the human experience. And then also it, it raised a little bit of money. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, I mean, 100% of the proceeds, I just think that I think you're amazing. I think you got a great mission. And, uh, and I love what you're doing. Uh, even uh, the different endurance events, uh, the interviews, uh, the cycling to the interviews. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned that you can go to the website and get a signed copy. So the website okay. is uh, cycleoflives.org, right? Is that correct? Okay, cycleoflives.org. And if people want to engage with you and, and get more of you, is there any... Uh, social media links or, you know, sure. where they can find you cycling next or. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I just did a Ironman number 18 in Tennessee about 10 days ago. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I just got back from, from, uh, from my second run since then. And I'm just like, ah, I'm still a little feet or a little sore or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of, um, uh, you know, I have social media, Facebook and Instagram and that kind of stuff. I think um, if people are, are interested, um, they can learn more by by visiting those or by visiting the website. I, I you know I do a lot of public speaking. I do uh, quite a few interviews on great shows like yours, and um, I, I think they're all they're all pretty cool and the messages are awesome. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to continue to receive a little bit of motivation, you can head over to cyclealives.org and check check things out. Okay. And they can even, if they want to book you as a speaker, because 
Yeah, yeah. Perfect. they can do it through that website. Yeah. And I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of that speaking for free to organizations that are, you know, um, focused on, you know, cancer care and, and, and community service and that type of stuff. So um, I, I love doing it. I've been fortunate in my life that I'm in a place where I can do that. And so, yeah, I love doing it. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. I, I appreciate it. Uh, most of the listeners, if they haven't been personally impacted by cancer, then they've been uh, affected because they know a loved one or a family member who's had it. And uh, I just think it's an important mission that you're on. And, and David, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thanks for being on our show today. Absolutely. You're welcome. And, and keep, keep, keep it up, man. I love your whole message and what you're doing. And good luck to you and your wife as you move past uh, her little detour. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I'm working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.